0: Hello, I'm excited to say that this week I'm joined by nuclear science researcher, season 9 winner of The Great British Bake Off and national treasure, Raul Mandal. We dive into why he's received the nickname Guardian Angel of Bake Off and the funny story behind how he started his infamous Instagram account and tips on getting into engineering. You're in for a treat, so please join me in welcoming Raul to the podcast. As always, we are recording remotely, so please do forgive any noise disturbances that might happen during this recording and the darks that might feature in the hall's interview. Enjoy!
1: You get it all, she's at your back and call, when you're taking the liberty, yes you're taking the liberty, when you're talking with me,
0: such a pleasure to see you again. I truly can't wait to pick your brain about baking and also your journey into being a scientist. So thank you for joining me. Well, it's
1: an honour, you know, like we met last year, last year, a couple of years ago, isn't it? Yeah, for, Uh, you know, something quite fun. And then, you know, we kind of since Instagram chatting since then. So yeah, it is great to be here and actually, you know, talking with you. Yeah, I went to uh, Rachel's uh, house, Rachel and Alex's house. Watch the second episode, remember? Yeah, I remember that, yeah.
0: So we were working on Bake Off and then it was as the next season was out and so we just decided to go back to a friend's house and watch Bake Off together. It was so much fun
1: yeah yeah it was quite
0: fun isn't it yeah yeah it was yeah so fun so let's kick things off before we dive into your baking career and all things bake off i'd love to chat to you about your fascinating job of being an engineering researcher am i right in saying that you work in nuclear research so checking that all the parts are safe and providing clean energy something along those lines
1: yeah exactly so So my job is, I mean, my job title is like I'm a technical lead and I look into the inspection and metrology side of it. So I measure things so that they're nice and clean and clear so that when it goes into the part, it actually works. The whole point of being nuclear is you wanted to get and give people like zero carbon emission zero carbon uh, footprint that kind of energy but and you know it have quite a substantial installation cost but it runs for like 50 60 years so when you put it together you need to make sure that the things runs really safe so i work in that part so i measure things i measure whether things are clean enough and things like that so yeah
0: that's so fascinating. What do you do on a daily basis? So does it change every day? Is it really varied?
1: Depends because I work in like I work in nuclear MRC, which is a part of the University of Sheffield and funded by um, BASE. So I think the Department of Business Energy, Business Energy and Industrial Strategy. So it's been funded by Catapult, which is funded by BASE. So basically, we look into the research into nuclear, so how to make nuclear safe and sound and everything. So my day-to-day job varies quite a bit depending on uh, what projects I'm working and stuff. So like at the moment I'm working a couple of multiple projects so I don't have to be in the centre every day because I can work from home Mm -hmm. but I do have to because I am doing some experiment for that I have to go.
0: What's this experiment to find out?
1: Yeah, so at the moment I am uh, doing something with lasers. Using laser, I'm trying to detect some a minute vibration, or a minute a change in the object. So like you are thinking about in micron range. So like, you know, a millimeter is tiny, but micron is like thousand of a millimeter. So you are looking at like 10, 12 micron deformation and you wanted to measure to see uh, whether the things are bending or whether, whether the things that there is any breakage or anything, things like that. That project was kind of halted when the lockdown started. Obviously, now I'm kind of getting back into it again and then slowly picking it up. That's
0: so fascinating. But yeah, it's quite busy
1: overall in a day.
0: Yeah, in mean that you still have time to bake as well as do your job as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like a lot of people recently asked me that, Uh, You know, I'm doing lots of biscuit decorations and stuff recently. But the thing that people didn't get it, that I always like to do it, but I just never had the time before.
0: Because I see all these intricate things. I just think that must have taken you hours or like days.
1: Yeah, because of what it is, is, you know, when there was no lockdown, when we are in normal life, even in 2019, I was still baking, but it's just like doing something quick and easy. And, you know, because I'm going to work every day, I'm coming back home and then, you know, like going to gym or going to swim or doing something else or meeting up with people. So it was like a normal, steady flow. In that life, you find out sometimes to bake, but it's like fast, quick and easy, something that tastes good, looks good, and you give it to people. But obviously, when you come into lockdown, it's quite difficult sometimes to give things to people. So you have more time to put you know, put your energy into one particular bake. So basically, then I just said, okay, so let's just get back to. I like to decorate biscuits. This is the perfect time to pick it up again and then do it again.
0: They've been so amazing. Just the most intricate things. Oh, ever. Thank you. Yeah. What yeah. was your favorite over lockdown that you've done, or even over the past little while?
1: It's quite funny because after Bake Off, I didn't do a second tier, two tier cake. I mean, I no, no, not true. I did, did few two tier cakes but not a lot were you scarred for life no not really scarred it's just like I didn't really have enough occasion to do it like I did once because Sheffield like University of Sheffield wanted me to do a cake to represent Sheffield things like that but it's not like not for general Instagram purpose or baking taking picture purposes so then I started to do quite a lot of uh, new you know like two tier cake designs and then you know developing new style or basically building my style up So that's what I did over the lockdown or the things certain things I always wanted to work with like modeling chocolate or flower paste or we, I, I did work with them before but again I didn't really have time to explore it no yeah,
0: and I think that's why lockdown's been so great because it's given everyone an opportunity to do something that they've always wanted to do to
1: explore the things that you wanted to do for a long time you know like yes I work from eight till four true but I come back never come back at five it's always like after five so it's pretty much the whole day gone and then you know after Five, you just don't feel to do any baking. Now, from home, even if I work from eight till four, I know I have the energy to do something with, but obviously I can see that it's the summer coming and I'm getting more and busy and busy with work can see already the timing is getting shorter and shorter.
0: Yeah, but we're grateful for what you've done so far.
1: Thank you. Like, I'm, I'm planning to do, like, a series of um, St. Honoré. I I'm just needed to decorate it, make the caramel sometime tomorrow before I start working.
0: But that's such a good point, to organise your time. So you can have hobbies and you can do really nice things, but it's organising that around work.
1: You can, yeah, of course, you can, yeah. You do have to do that, uh, organise around work. But, like, Fridays, I normally have more time because we finish at 1. Before lockdown what I used to do is I used to bake things either on Wednesday and Thursday like cakes and stuff and then freeze them and then take them out on Friday and then put it together. And then finish on Saturday and give it to people either on Sunday or Saturday evening.
0: And when people see your Instagram, they don't see this that goes on behind the scenes of like having to organize no. it, yeah. plan out what you're going to do, and make it slightly different for what you've done in the past. That's
1: the thing. It takes a long time. It takes a long, and and that's why I don't sell bakes because I don't think I could do it on time. uh You know, for Instagram, yeah, I can just sweep around with time.
0: That's the best thing about Instagram. No one will ever know. They don't know that you haven't made that. It's not like bake off there's no time
1: limit yeah. Do you criticize me that Rahul is just bakes for Instagram only I mean yes true no. because I have seen before that you know I make something really good and I mean I'm not happy myself how it looks and at the end of the day you can't taste it in Instagram so I feel like I've proven myself what it tastes like. Now I have to prove how it looks, so yeah.
0: Exactly, and that's all Instagram really is, it's such a visual thing, so they cannot be complaining.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. I
0: remember when you were on Bake Off, all of your big showstoppers were so structurally perfect, has being an engineer helped you with that as well?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's engineer and being researcher helped in a way that I did a lot of research on how to make things work or I just needed to make sure why things are going to go wrong and how to make things right. Probably just thought about it far too much.
0: <laughs> well it worked.
1: Most of the time it worked, yeah. Like few things that didn't work. I mean I literally have no idea about those things before baker off. I mean I make lots of croissants now or you know, like breakfast, private now. Before Bake Up, I barely made any. So I literally had no idea what to expect. I'd never eaten any. So completely going unknown. And to be honest with you, I mean, we filmed over like 12 weeks. I mean, you get drained to us. And was
0: it during the week? Could be
1: sometime during the week as well, depending on uh, the, the availability of the you know, people who are doing it. But overall, I mean, like last year, I did it in a bubble. So that was a different experience completely. But in our time, you know, it was different because we are going back and for doing the job, doing the practice, and then going and baking. It's like a full adrenal in those two days.
0: Did you know all of the challenges, I mean, aside from the technicals, before you even went into the tent?
1: Yeah, so the, we, we have sent the challenges, like, we sent the challenges, like, at least four or five weeks before. You know, like, because it's a lot of channel, we have to send it back. So we're kind of given, like, in parts. When we went to film the first episode we at least have up to week eight recipes.
0: I bet you were delighted to have got that far because imagine planning all those recipes and then being out in the first week.
1: I know it is is quite traumatic. And to be honest with you, I didn't really even think or practice about week 10 till quite late, seriously. So, you know, like you have to send some recipes. So you just kind of, yeah, I'm going to do this, do this, do this. But I didn't really seriously think because I even in my wildest dream I would have thought that I would be going to the final because you know like obviously you need, they need to check a lot of things that whether you can't do that it'd have to be your original recipe so they to check for pl- plagiarism and you know they need to make sure it works or it fits a brief so it's a lot of check they have to do as well so.
0: wow and then can you tweak it up until the point that it goes
1: so I only I didn't even dare to ask because I'm like a student who follows all the rules properly
0: but I think that's why you were so endearing on the show. I constantly see the part of the show where Noel comes up to you and just says, hello, how are you? And you're just like hilariously just saying, Alive, which is basically the pandemic, Yeah, (laughs) how did you, with the attention on the show, after especially being so iconic with all of your quotes and your memes and everything, how did you cope?
1: I have no idea. I mean, that time I was probably saying Alive because I know I have to finish. And I know Noel is coming. That means he's going to start talking. And considering I know I like to talk, I know if I start talking, it's going to go a very long conversation. I wouldn't have time. So I have to be, just give answers.
0: Nice, accurate.
1: So, so that's, and then I later find out obviously like, When I was in the show, I didn't realize about anything like I didn't even know whether people would find me funny because I just find myself very not interesting. And then suddenly I just find people loved it. I feel like, oh, wow, that's I I didn't even know. No clue.
0: I just think. It's been so uplifting, everything you were saying on Bake Off. Oh, thank you, yeah. And, I mean, it's continued long until now. Everybody's still talking about...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was very surprised last year. Is it last year or this year? You know, like from Netflix, they basically made a like a whole series of Rahul memes. And I feel like, oh, really? I mean, that's amazing. I didn't know this. That's amazing. Netflix made like a series of Rahul memes. And I feel like, oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, like Netflix is kind of courting me and tagging me. And so this is great.
0: That's so lovely. And you do make everyone very happy. Oh, uh, thanks. As social media. So after you left the show, did you have any thought that you did want to steer from engineering into baking. Was that ever a thought of yours?
1: No, no, no. I was very, very sure that whatever I do, I don't want to change my career. And to be honest, too, after the show, I was quite scared in a way. I was scared about everything. I mean, the first year I was like even scared on, I mean, you know, like when people come and talk to me, I get really happy. Sorry, I'm just getting distracted because I can see.
0: No, don't worry. I
1: can see some ducks, you know, there is like a river around, you know, like I go and feed them. So, yeah, so I just can see them. So that's why I'm just getting distracted. But anyway.
0: Also, i highlight of everyone's Instagram is you feeding the ducks, but sorry.
1: <laughs> I was sure I don't want to do it. And I don't know why. I just, I was very conscious and in a way very scared of like the whole attention being on me. So I just didn't do anything for the whole year. I mean, I did the things that you were kind of supposed to do, like you go to the awards and, you know, do NTAs, BAFTAs and things like that. So I did all these. To be honest with you, it took me quite a long time to get back to baking. I mean, I probably started baking properly during Christmas. So we finished filming sometime, you know, oh, sorry, middle of summer, actually. Since then, I, I barely baked because, you know, you, you need to get the motivation back. And then I started to bake again. Like There's too many things going on at the moment. So because of, obviously I was after we finished filming, uh, David and one of David and Liz's friends were getting married and they were like a very low key wedding. And they're getting married means they basically said everybody to bring some food in the church and they're going to eat the food in the church. So. David and Lisa asked me that, oh, would you like to make the cake? I was like, yeah, of course I will. That's a nice. So that's probably a big cake I did just after we finished filming, but that's pretty much about it. And then, I mean, I did Little Bakes here and there for my colleagues' birthdays and stuff, but nothing major or nothing, you know, like spectacular. But, and also that time I didn't have Instagram. So I didn't have to bother about anything. So
0: no, what, what sparked you to get Instagram?
1: <laughs> oh, that was a very funny story. So we went to Facebook and in Instagram's head office to do this a Facebook Live, right? All of the bakers were there, and they're basically... They, one of them just said to me, oh, yeah, they are going to give us, uh, like, a blue tick. And I said, what is a blue tick? And they said that a blue tick just means that, you know, you are a proper celebrity, you get verified and stuff. It's like, oh, is that a big thing then? I feel like, yeah, they said, yeah, 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 that is a very big thing. So I didn't say anything. I was just looking at so Everybody's getting super excited getting blue tick. They're like, oh, my God, we get blue tick so i basically just yes, be really quiet and um, you know somebody who was actually helping them out uh, i just went to her and i said to her that her, you know i wanted to have a blue tick and she said do you have an instagram account i said like no i don't so I said uh, okay when you have an instagram account let me know i'll get you a blue tick and i said you know what if i leave this building today and go home i wouldn't i wouldn't open any Instagram account so let's just open one now so literally as we are packing after this thing I opened an Instagram account and I just say, she said that okay you need one follower. I said okay fine one follower said, okay I'm going to process your thing it's going to take a while take 24 hours for me obviously they get it then and there because they are having it for a while I didn't so they have to check and verify everything so she ticks and verify everything. And then I got a blue tick after 24 hours.
0: Oh my God, Raul, you were probably the only person in the world to have got a blue tick with one follower.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure other people also had it. But but the thing is, the day I got the blue tick, the next day there was a big, like a big optical fiber failure or something in the Pacific Ocean. So the Instagram was down for the whole day after that.
0: Oh, so you couldn't even use it.
1: <laughs> I, I know I couldn't really use it because I know like Ruby and... Anthony and few other people posted it on Instagram. Nobody could be able to see it for 24 hours anyway.
0: Wow, you've made up for it now. You've made up for lost time. That story is kind of like Mark Zuckerberg giving you a Facebook account. Like, it's massive. The Instagram just made you an account.
1: So, so literally, that's how I got Instagram.
0: That's amazing. You're so positive on social media. I was just wondering how you retain your positivity. What do you do? in like your daily life to make you so joyful?
1: I think I'm quite not so positive in real life because I always think about the bad things first, always. Being on Instagram have kind of taught me to to kind of try to look into positive side more. There is like a, so many people message me all the time in DMs. I mean, it's true that I don't reply to all the DMs, but I do read it. I just like, there's quite a lot. And I used to reply to every single message.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, every single comment on my post before, on the bus and every Again, I used to do that when I was going to work every day. So that was a job when I was going to work and coming back from work.
0: That's like a full-time job in itself. But you're so adored by so many amazing, massive people on Instagram. It's lovely. Your comments on Noel's posts used to be my favourite things on earth.
1: I mean, at the beginning, I just thought that I have to put a message on everybody I follow because that's my way of saying hi. But I just thought that's the norm. I didn't know that that's not the norm. And I kind of retained it since then. But I actually, when I met not a normal person, I said that look, I mean, I'm going to probably message and you know, put a comment on your every single post. I hope you don't mind. So no, 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 keep doing it. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it then.
0: I love how you had to forewarn him of this, just in case. I
1: did. I did say to him like, I think I I, I met him sometime, uh, you know, probably three four months after I had the Instagram, just to make sure.
0: It's so brilliant. It seemed to have been such a lovely, close season so you were on season nine um which was the season with and kim joy and terry are you still in touch with all, aside from commenting on all of their instagrams
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean no i'm i mean you know we have the whatsapp group where we do still kind of chat with each other but uh, i think i do uh, chat with ruby sometimes in whatsapp separately and then terry definitely karen and then anthony sometime as well with luke sometime
0: Oh, it's such a nice community. I feel that like you go through so much together whilst you're filming. And nothing really prepares you for that. And it's hard to explain to somebody that hasn't been in that situation. Did you meet any of them before you got to the tent and the filming began when you were doing your
1: No, I didn't, no, no, no. So, I mean, we're not even allowed to even say anybody till the names were announced. Now I feel how, how important it is. I wish I had the social media then because then they can you know kind of guide me. But obviously, that time I I didn't. So I kind of nowadays, whenever the new people come, I have to say that I kind of very religiously stay up to midnight to get all the names and then contact them and say that you know, welcome to the family. If you need anything, contact with me.
0: Oh, bro, you're like the, the the dad of the Bake Off family. It's lovely.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think I think somebody say to me that I'm the guardian angel of Bake Off. <laughs>
0: That's your title now. That's your job title from now on. You are the gardening
1: angel take off. I don't know, but I kind of feel that in a very strange way, I feel very paternal to anybody who's coming, even they are like much older than me. I mean, I always feel like the only thing you can give to people is a bit of love and appreciation and why not? You need somebody literally to assure them. I know like Love Provide a lot of support, like Love Productions. I mean, you know, there is always somebody on the other end of the phone if you need to talk. But you know at the end of the day if you wanted to talk with somebody, even then you know I'll just say you know you can call me anytime. I mean I know like from last year I, I mean from 2020 contests and I mean a few of them I was very close in touch with and I spoke with them literally up to midnight sometime. So you know and, and to be honest with you, I live on my own and I kind of totally understand. I mean it's it's something it's only the people who have gone through it they would understand.
0: That's so so kind of you, and I'm sure it very much makes a difference to their Bake Off journey.
1: I think that a lot of baker people stand up. A lot of people from every single year, they just kind of stand up to this thing, which is which is what Bake Off is all about. You know, it's it's yes, it is about baking and things like that. We, and it is about you know a lot of people make a career out of baking, but at the end of the day, we just need to remember. We bake because we love to bake. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, it is all about positivity. And think about it, when you give somebody a base of cake, you make them happy, right? So it's the same thing. So just just keep the happiness going around.
0: Yes, words to live by. That's so, so lovely, especially because it, it is such a testing experience. But it's nice that you can get that positivity out of the end of it because at the end of the day cake makes everyone happy.
1: Exactly. That's the thing. I differ to think even that any of them as my competitor because they are not to start with because you know I strongly believe if something has happened to me it's going to happen anyway like if something had been planned by you know whoever's setting up you know whichever religion you believe and whichever god you you know if they have decided something then that's going to happen anyway so why not just help others
0: oh that's so kind of you and I'm sure they appreciated it Is there one thing that stands out whilst you're on Bake Off where you were helping each other?
1: I did went back in the New Year one, which was a really nice experience, I think. I didn't realise how nervous I was till I went back in the (laughs) tent. You wouldn't believe, as soon as Noel said, bake, I can feel like my legs started to tremble. And trust me, on the first time when I was in Bake Off, in those 10 weeks, my legs never trembled. So as if I was in more pressure that time than the first time.
0: Well yeah, because you were raining winner.
1: I always took bake as an exam. So I just practiced and then just go and then give the exam and then come back. So that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, but you could see from like everything you were doing that was so meticulous and so technical. Yeah okay? but and you it
1: doesn't matter how much time you practice, the time you in the tent you always feel short.
0: Oh how did you deal with the heat? Did you have any tips? whilst you were doing it to like cool yourself down.
1: Yeah, I mean, in our final, it was like literally boiling. And I know a lot of people ask me that, how did you manage to wear a T-shirt and a shirt? I think what it is, is your body just get used to it.
0: And the fact that you still managed to smash the final win during that heat wave is just a, the biggest feat ever. <laughs> how long was the application? Was it just pages and pages of cakes?
1: It is quite a long pages. So you have to kind of explain your expertise and different skills. And then, uh, obviously, like, it's followed by, like, a couple of phone interviews, couple of, like, in-person interviews and stuff like that. So it is, it is quite a lengthy process, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, getting... Every time they call you and then say you are to the next stage, is like, a big relief. Yeah, and yeah,
0: thousands and thousands and th- thousands of people, and yet I'm here with the winner. Can you still... Does it sunk in? Like, do you still believe that this has actually
1: happened? <laughs> I, I, I know, it's just so strange because, you know, like... I didn't change anything I do. So I still, you know, go to work in bus. I still go to the same supermarket I used to buy. I still bring bakes to the thing. And I still go and buy things from the shops where it is cheaper.
0: Which is why I think you're so fascinating to speak to because you've stuck with your career that you love doing.
1: It's much fun to be normal. You know, trust me, people say, oh, yeah, you know, celebrity. I feel like "Mm, probably not. It's much more fun to be normal. You can go out in in the shop and talk with people. If you kind of put yourself in that, it's just quite different. I don't want to create the barrier from people. And as I said, you know, I do still, you know, like I know exactly which things are cheaper in which shop. And I still go there and buy those things from those shops.
0: I love this. Yeah, you're just so humble. the fact that you stayed with your career—have you always wanted to do engineering, even from when you were a baby?
1: Well, I always wanted to do science and I wanted to do research career, and then, uh, but I just somehow I ended up choosing the engineering part of it. Kind of did engineering, and then I did masters in engineering, and then I did PhD, so just like proper research. And then I do like both engineering research. So that's how kind of like engineering researcher. So because I think, you know, I, I always wanted to know more about things, go into deeper and, you know, finding out some stuff and how things work, how things not work, what to do for things work, to make things work.
0: Yeah, your engineering background. If anybody listening does want to get into engineering, have you got any tips or any tips or tricks to get into a career?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just wanted to say that Anybody can get into engineering uh, because, first of all, there is a lot of misconception about engineering. I am an optical engineer in that way. I work with light. That's engineering. You have, in textile engineering, people, you know, work with fabrics and, you know, they're related to to fashion. People are, you know, like things with how a lip gloss works and things like that. That's like things to do with makeup. That's also kind of building a better product. That's also engineering. There is sports engineering. You know, I did a PhD from and They basically teach like, you know, sports science, sports technology and things like that, how you swim or how the shoes work. Engineering is something to make your life easier. So that can be anything. So starting from turning on the switch or zip or anything. But anyway, so if you want to get engineering, I just feel like if you think that you are interested to finding out why things work and how to make things better or easier, then definitely you are the kind of guy or person or a girl who wanted to do engineering, and we do need more girls for engineering, to be honest with you. I mean, there is a massive gender gap in, in engineering, and, and and obviously that does kind of affect it. So, yeah, um, I think anybody, I mean, if you, if you want to do it, then just go for it. And there is a lot of different ways to do it. If you don't really want to go via like a normal university route that I did, then you can go by apprenticeship route where you basically, you know, go and talk with people, uh, you know, you can do a lot of things like, I think for apprenticeship, you can just go after GCSE. So as I said, like there is a lot of huge opportunities out there for engineering. You are being an engineer, that doesn't mean that you are stopping, that you can't be anything else. You can be anything who you want to be, so yeah.
0: But great that you can still bake whilst you're doing your career and still have other fun hobbies and um, different side jobs you are doing your research circling back to take off one of my favorite part I have to ask you this one of my favorite parts of the show is watching all the contestants like frantically panic and fan their baits for them to cool down and it just it seems to have caught on throughout all of the seasons does it work
1: <laughs> well uh, I think I have done as well it's just like you just wanted to get it cooled and you know, when it's just straight out of the oven, you don't want it to put it in the fridge straight because, you know, it, a lot of times it just dries out. So you just wanted to get it cooled slightly before you put it in. So a lot of people does that. I mean, I think I did at the beginning a couple of times and then I just literally, I just leave my cakes to the tin. And I know it get a bit soggy moist at the bottom. But if you think in the other way, you do need moisture. You do need sometimes cakes to be a bit moist. So I just leave it till almost cool and then just put it in the freezer cover it. But I find out if you put the cake in the freezer without covering it with clean flame, they do tend to get dry out very, very easily. So before you put it in the freezer, definitely wrap it in the clean flame. And also, the other reason is everybody have seen everybody doing it every year. So it's kind of become a tradition that everybody feels like, At least somebody have to do it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, it's like a rite of passage. So funny! It's funny how they like edit it and what they keep in. Have you got any funny stories from your time on Bake Off that weren't shown? Oh, there is a lot.
1: I mean, I remember the first, in the very first episode, I was doing like a swan on my selfie portrait. Noel came, and we have literally talked about just ducks and swans for like literally 15 minutes and um, no will just say it's not going to make to the car like I know because it's just 15 minutes and I'm going to show 15 minutes we're talking about ducks and swans.
0: Like Noel could just come over and have a little chat to you I mean distract you slightly. Um, did you find that distracting? I always do think they come at the worst times.
1: Oh yeah well no 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 I think I think I think what it is is <laughs> you know there is always somebody watching you so they can see when you're getting really going to have some trickle time so basically they said them during that time basically you know i i clearly remember that during the melting show stopper no i mean how could it be possible otherwise no i basically came in when i was picking the balloon to take the balloon out so i feel like that is the time i need concentration and he basically came up to talk that time.
0: like no not now <laughs> It just seems to be full of highs and lows and drama. And what was your favorite moment aside from winning? What was the most memorable moment?
1: It's the very first time when we walked into the tent. It wasn't the first day of filming because we actually arrived at the day before. And then uh, I think there was like a briefing in the tent. So just to make sure that we know where it is and what to do, what not to do. Go into the tent and you basically see it. And that moment you basically feel like, hang on a minute, it is real it is happening actually you know before that you know you can just say oh yeah you were in a dream that's fine it's it not going to happen but at that point you kind of realize no 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 it is true and it is happening
0: was it just as you imagined it what was there anything different
1: uh, this, it is a set at the, you know you have to remember it. so there are a lot of stuff that we don't see on the camera i i watched bake off like every single episode for i don't know how like uncountable amount of time feels so weird the first time to be there you're like okay you can't run away anymore you just have to do it now
0: (laughs) no 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 we'll come chasing after you if you run away this has been so interesting I want to ask you have you learned any lessons either being a science researcher or now a baker that you've used in your daily life so something like being organized or have you learned any lessons through your career that's helped you in your life
1: I would like to say, I, I know it's good to be organized, but I'm not sure how much I have applied that in my life personally. Yeah, I mean, I would be very happy if I have applied that, you know, that organization skill that I always wish I had, but unfortunately hmm, not much. <laughs> I'm just who I am like this. It reminds me of being organized. It just makes me remember that I actually had Six egg whites from yesterday's cream pâtissière. I use six egg yolks. I put them in the fridge, but I'm not going to use it soon, so I'm going to put them in the freezer today, just after finishing the call. I mean, I used to go. To be honest, I used to go uh, a lot before COVID to, you know, and get the reduced section stuff. I mean, why not?
0: No, but yeah, that's my favorite section of the supermarket as mm-hmm. well. You never know what
1: you're going to buy. I know a lot of people might be saying, "Oh, you are you on Bake Off and you still go buy." And like, what? So what? and not change anything. I still use bus for transport. I mean, there is nothing wrong in being, you know, thrifty. But, yeah, careful about what you spend.
0: Finish this off. What have you learned about um, using social for your baking? So, from not having an Instagram account and having the head of Instagram set you you went up. How, what have you learned from your time to now being this iconic person on Instagram?
1: Okay, so in Instagram, I think there is a huge, like, algorithm going on. And a lot of people get really fussed about it, that how much like. And I would be really honest with you, I used to get bothered about it, that, you know, how much like I get. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a human being. But then slowly what I realize is let's not focus about that, more focus about what I like to bake. I think personally, it is a way to kind of share people what I like to do, what I produce and how much joy I used to get after doing it. I mean, trust me, after I finish a good bake, I need a couple of days of break because there is so much adrenaline goes into making it. I I wanted to share it with people just to share that joy of, you know, that, okay, I did it. This is how it looks. This is what I learned from it and things like that. So I think just be honest to yourself, be honest to what you like to do, because if you be honest, you can pretend in one post, two posts, three posts, you can't pretend whole life. So just be honest and don't think too much about the likes because just do your things better. If people like it, great. If not, then just keep doing what you do and improve yourself. I mean, Instagram is an amazing, amazing place to get inspired and improving yourself. There is so many outstanding people out there that I kind of get inspired every single day whenever I open Instagram. And I would definitely say it's a very positive thing in Instagram. Overall, definitely, um, you know, I would definitely say it have taught me a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like we've also learned a lot from you about how you can present yourself on social media and just be absolutely yourself. I think people respond so well to- telling us that you're going to the shops and looking at the ducks and I think that's just such a lovely thing for people that do feel a bit lonely to just watch. and.
1: But that helped me to build up my confidence because I saw everybody's reading the story and I just feel oh I'm not going to look good and especially after I put in quite a lot of weight I've been very conscious but then I feel like yeah so what I'm just sharing people with what I do and if people like it great.
0: And it's lovely it's just very reassuring to see that because who hasn't put on weight during lockdown? Whose only thing that they've been doing is going on walks? Like everyone's in the same boat. I
1: do say that I should have worked out for last three, four
0: months. (laughs) At the
1: beginning of lockdown, I did used to do some like regular exercises at home, which kind of kept me in shape. And then quite good shape in like, I don't know, October, November time. And then suddenly just like after Christmas, just forget about Mm. everything.
0: Doesn't matter if cake makes you happy, then eat all of the cake. That's all I say.
1: I mean, to be honest with you, I like savory more. I mean, and I eat very healthy. However, I eat quite a lot, quantity wise. Yeah. I mean, because you can't live on sweet things, but you can live on savory things.
0: I agree with you completely. Well, this has been so fascinating. I've learned so much about the science world, but also your baking and your bake-off journey. I feel like we've been on so many tangents. I've learned a lot.
1: Oh, thank you. It's great to talk with you because I feel like you know that this catch-up was due—I mean, overdue for a very long time.
0: Such an honor to get an insight into the life of Raoul, filled with baking, nuclear science research, and of course ducks and as always if you did like this episode please make sure you rate and leave a review on apple podcasts or itunes as it really helps people notice us if you ever wanted to find out the secret behind the beautiful food photos in magazines make sure you listen to next week's episode where i'm joined by the hilarious and talented food photographer melissa reynolds james until next week you can find me on instagram at baking the liberty and if you did want to have a nosy onto rahul's instagram to see all of the delicious cakes his instagram is at bake with rahul
1: you want interesting stories hear hilarious tales a cook in a glory wonder successes and epic fails celebrity running that you're back and cold when you're taking the liberty yes you're taking the liberty when you're talking with me